You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Back in 1994, Microsoft ran a brand and image campaign that asked, where do you want to go today? At the time, the company was launching Windows 95, which was a big deal in the timeline of personal computing. And the internet was in its infancy, so the possibilities for someone who sat down in front of a computer at the time seemed pretty endless compared to what they could do just a few years prior. I'm Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. When you talk to B2B marketers on a regular basis, you hear a lot of different career journeys. There are so many roles in B2B marketing today, from data and analytics to content creation to branding and product marketing and even on into customer success. It seems like the possibilities in this field are endless. So if you're a B2B marketer starting out in the industry, or if you're just thinking about your next career move, there's a lot of paths for you to explore right now. In this episode of B2B Nation, we're going to talk to Kate Carnavale, who works on public cloud campaigns for IBM, about her journey from political communications to agency work to a small company to a global organization with universal brand recognition. As you might expect, a big company can offer more resources and more budget to its marketers. But maybe you like being entrepreneurial or maybe even a little bit scrappy. You might be thinking about working for a small company. Kate's going to share with us the experience of her journey and offer you a few things to think about as you consider where you want to go today, tomorrow, or next year. Enjoy. Kate Carnavale, thanks for joining us on B2B Nation. Why don't you take a second and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Mike. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, so I am a campaign strategist at the global level, and I work on the IBM Public Cloud um, which is a super exciting and very eventful space. So very happy to be here today and talk with you. So how did you get started in marketing? Because there are some folks who come out of business school or complete an internship and find themselves at a company like IBM, but you uh, took a bit of a different route. Yeah. So actually, um, I went to Baylor. And while I was at Baylor, I studied political science and journalism and um, wanted to work in political communications. And so I actually had several internships in Washington, DC and really got to experience everything that was going on at the Hill. And um, just really loved that, but I felt like there was a piece on the consumer side that still interested me. Um, and so actually after graduation decided that, hey, I, while I love you know political communications, I, I think I really wanna try a marketing agency. Um, and just kind of get this really high level view of, of what is possible in marketing. Um, and so, you know, I started at this marketing agency and I always advise people when they say, well, what, what should I do? You know, I'm just graduating college, what should I do? I think a marketing agency is such a, a great place to start because you get to see everything like paid um, promotions, production, trafficking, creative, PR, social, and you kind of get to figure out from there, okay, well, what is it that I might want to go deeper into in my next position or my next role? And on top of that, you have a great mix of, of clients. So, you know, working in this agency, I had healthcare, I had HR, I had government, telco, entertainment, um, and was kind of able to just see that, yeah, you know what, I do actually really want to pursue a career in marketing. There's 
a lot to do and I will never be bored. So that is, that's really how I launched into marketing coming out of school. And um, it's just been a great journey. I'm noticing a trend here because I was a journalism major with a concentration in political science. And that's, I think I want to say two of the last three or three of the last four B2B Nation guests actually started out in journalism. I mean, it's a great, it's a great field to study, right? I, I think, you know, my dad always says to me, Kate, if you can um, learn to speak and learn to write really well, you can do anything. And I think that's so true. I think the value of being able to articulate your point clearly, whether it's verbally or in a written document is powerful. And, you know, those journalistic skills will serve you well, no matter what field you go into. When I was when I was studying journalism, it was um, I had several classmates who were using it as a springboard to law school at the time. Same mm -hmm. reason. Think clearly, write clearly. Um, important to legal professions. So. Certainly. And you add that political science, you know, minor or major in there. And it's it's kind of your pathway to law school. But as we have both proven, you can do other things other than law school. That's right. So uh, started out in the agency world once you left Washington, and how did you find your way to IBM? Yeah, so in between the agency and IBM, I actually decided that I wanted to do a click down into the healthcare industry. And so I worked for um, a medical device company up in the Northeast, and um, I can't think of a more interesting field other than cloud than healthcare. Um, and it's just fascinating, you know, you've got the patient medical practitioner uh, relationship, and then you've got insurance providers. And so in addition to learning a ton about the industry, um, it's a fascinating place to be a marketer because you've got a ton of different personas that you need to accommodate for. So um, I did that role for about a little over three years and um, it was a smaller company. So very entrepreneurial mindset, um, you know, kind of we, we were our own marketing team. We, we had little agency support. And so um, I loved that job, but I, I did want to see what it was like to work for a global company um, with more resources and more, um, I would say, diversity in the product set that they offer. And so I actually reached out to a Baylor friend of mine that I went to journalism school with and, um, you know, ended up at, at IBM. And um, it was, it was a, an amazing interview process. I mean, IBM has so many smart people that have had long careers at the company, um, doing things in not just marketing, but engineering, um, technical expertise. And that was really attractive to me. I, I liked that, you know, you could work for a single company and basically have, you know, three different careers in the span of 30 or 40 years. And um, I can't tell you the number of engineers that I've worked with that have, you know, come over to work in marketing and um, that's just, that's a neat thing for, for a young person to, to see that they can stay at a company for a long period of time and have a very um, rich career with a lot of wonderful experiences. And so that's, um, you know, kind of the final thing that made the decision to go to IBM so easy for me. You mentioned uh, going to a global company and having more resources. And I think the first thing that comes to mind when I hear a story like this is, the resources and the budget and the things that you probably didn't have at your previous position. What else, what else changed? Was it just, you know, access to more people and more budget? What else might have changed that maybe 
isn't quite so obvious when you hear about it and, and what did you anticipate would change and maybe what didn't? Yeah, I think, you know, there are pros and cons to being in smaller companies. There are pros and cons to being in bigger companies. Um, I remember during the interview process, pretty much everybody I talked to mentioned a highly matrices environment. And I, I guess I didn't really fully understand that in the interview because I had always worked in small companies. You know, if you needed something from somebody, you would walk down the hall and say, hey, what's the production schedule on the video? Or when are we going to have that final content asset delivered? But at IBM, you have um, teams spread out all over the world. You've got global teams that are on different time schedules. And um, that part has been probably the, the biggest learning curve for me in terms of how do you, you know, put campaigns in the market when you've got resources literally everywhere um, and, and working to communicate, um, articulate, you know, the objectives and have that be the same across the board um, for your global campaigns. And so that has been the biggest learning curve for me. Um, it's, it's a good challenge to have, right, to get to know people who come from a, a different background or have a different point of view, but that's probably been the biggest, um, biggest learning curve. How is the marketing itself different at a global company like IBM compared to a smaller company? I think off the top of my head, I think of smaller companies as maybe willing to take more risks um, with their messaging and larger companies playing it safe and basing everything on you know, focus groups or data and, and a lot of people reviewing the messaging and a lot of kind of layers. But in what other ways is the marketing itself different? That's such a good question. You know, I think in smaller companies, there's an entrepreneurial mindset and sometimes a bootstrapping nature, but that's still relevant at IBM. You know, I think any marketing team at a, at a big company has a choice to play it safe and to do what they've always done. But I think especially in the public cloud space, we are getting smarter um, and doing things differently, even if we don't have a ton of resources behind us. You know, we've done a number of things this year where we've used tools um, in different ways. Um, we've got this really great content platform called Path Factory, and it was primarily used for event follow-up and centralizing content for the sales team to communicate out to a client. We said, hey, there are other ways that we can use this. We can put this in front of a client, even if they haven't come to an event and we can take them down this very custom journey. And, you know, we did that with two people. Um, and so I think definitely that, that mindset is still active at IBM. Um, and I think in terms of the, the taking the risks, you know, yes, we test our messaging and yes, we run it by IT councils and people who are in the cloud space to make sure that we're spot on. But we also see that our competitors are, you know, putting these amazing client stories into market that really bring their technology to life. And IBM works with the best clients in the world. And so we have really tried to amplify those stories um, that give credibility to what we're trying to do in the space. I think the person who taught me the most about B2B marketing was very big on being scrappy and making do with the resources you have, which we didn't have many. So <laughs> obviously that was uh, her mindset. Do you find yourself in that small business mindset? Is it harder to get in that small business mindset inside a global organization? You mentioned Path Factory and you were able to do that with, with two people. Are there a lot of opportunities for that? Or is that something you, you might miss from time to time? I, I do think 
you know, when you're in a small company, you're, you're oftentimes closer to the customer. So for example, at the healthcare company that I worked at, you know, we would actually have user groups come in that were using our medical devices and give us real feedback. And the marketing team was able to sit with them and watch them experience the product and work with it and have their, um, you know, support group there to basically validate what we were seeing and help us implement not only marketing changes and messaging changes, but also walk down the hall to the product team and say, hey, we're noticing this particular challenge on the product. Is there something that we can add into an upcoming sprint to account for this? Um, and so that was something really special about, you know, a small company. I think when you get into a bigger company, oftentimes those, you know, user groups or the connection to the customer is a little bit further away, maybe one or two steps or three steps removed. Um, certainly this year, it's been hard not to have our face-to-face -face events. I think for me, that's where I really connect with the, um, the client and the customer who's consuming our technology and, and hear from them. But, you know, IBM is getting creative about how we can do that in virtual environments and make it, you know, meaningful and valuable. We're all spending a ton of time on Zoom right now, but we've thought up some interactive ways that we can work through that, whether it's, you know, an unconference environment or um, unstructured meetup time, you know, to connect with the customer more. Is it just easier to do your job when the customer is right there? <laughs> I mean, whether it's, whether it's an event or you, you know, you said you had like focus groups or customer groups that would come in. Um, I feel like the fewer layers there are between the people who have, invested in your product and who are using it and yourself, it makes your job easier. Yeah, I think it, it validates your marketing, right? Like without the customer feedback and without that really at the center of everything that you do, um, you kind of go off of a lot of guesses. And so, you know, whoever taught you that the customer is, you know, critical to your B2B outcome, I, I think that that's so true, whether no matter what size company that you're at, you always have to find a way to pressure test what you're putting in the market and make sure that it's highly relevant to the pain point that the customer is feeling. And, you know, something that comes to mind that I think all B2B companies have felt this year is just this shift to digital, right? Like you, you can't have the face-to-face -face event, the face-to-face -face meetings where you spend time walking through, you know, the full story with a client are all virtual now. Um, and so I think, you know, figuring out how to tell stories digitally and engage clients, they're doing their own research. They're going to your website. They're going to your social platforms um, in creative ways that stand out. I think buyers are really hungry for that. I know I am as a buyer, not of right. cloud technology, but of just anything right now. You know, what right. can I find digitally? Everything that we have been told over the past five years or so about the length of time people spend in the sales cycle before they talk to a salesperson about the sort of self-guided journeys that buyers and prospects take, take these days. It's just another example of things that I think have been amplified by the pandemic, right? You, you can't go and visit that booth or that table at a trade show. So you're left with fewer options and it's basically online. What can I find online? How much education can I do before I actually speak with someone? Absolutely. And our data is showing that on the IBM side, we're seeing anywhere from seven to 12 marketing touches before somebody's ready to talk with a sales representative. You know, they really 
They want to look at your website. They want to look at things like Trust Radius, G2 Crowd. They want to see if others in the space are experiencing the same pain point that they're feeling. And so, you know, we've had to get really creative about how we show up in, in um, authentic ways in those communities. Uh, so it's been a good challenge to tackle this year. So speaking of this year, the question that we have posed to most of our B2B Nation guests uh, has nothing to do with the pandemic or politics, even though it's 2020. What tool do you use in your job that you just can't live without? Yeah, so right now, um, I mean, we work on a global team. You don't have the luxury of being in person with your teams in Europe or Asia Pacific all the time. So IBM has always been um, a big user of things like Slack and Box and Mural. Um, but this year, I think things like Slack and Box have become so critical. You know, we're, we're editing real time, we're putting documents into the system, we're sharing information securely. Um, and it's just helped us collaborate at a, at a faster speed. And so I think those tools have been critical, but I know you know, in my previous roles, I was a huge fan and still am a huge fan of HubSpot and just how easy they make it um, for you to see data on how your customers are consuming content and what they're doing on your website. And so tools like that bring you closer to the customer, even if you're not face-to-face -face like them. And so anything that helps digest data um, and make it more clear, you know, where you where you're succeeding in your marketing efforts or where you might have a problem are always um, helpful. And I, I definitely am a big fan of HubSpot for that reason. All right, Kate Carnavale from IBM. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for this episode of B2B Nation. I'm Mike Pastor for Technology Advice. Thanks again to Kate Carnavale from IBM for joining us for this episode. On the technology advice side, thanks to Amy Dunn, Sarah Wingate, and the unsinkable Emily Whalen. We've got a great theme song, and it's composed by Mnemonics in the Guild. Here it is again. Until next time, thanks for listening.